welcome back welcome back welcome to another episode of uh unlearn and relearn unlearn megan and wilson. relearn <laughs> yeah with uh with megan and wilson so thank you guys for coming back for another episode in today's episode we are going to be covering racism in the wellness industry and uh, for some subtopics, we'll cover uh, um, what? We're going to be talking, kind of breaking down what spiritual bypassing is, what that looks like, mm-hmm. um, some of the key phrases that are thrown around a lot within the wellness space um, that might be well-intentioned but actually cause harm. Um so talking about the language, talking about, you know, breaking down shadow work and what that looks like. So action steps within the wellness space, um, um, ahimsa, and really talking about what it means to be a healer and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's just get into real quick. OK, racism in the wellness industry is such a, a big topic to sort of tackle in, you know, the hour or so that we spend doing these talks. What do we, when we say racism in the wellness industry, we're talking about a bunch of different things. We're talking about how it looks, how it shows up. Racism is in our culture. Racism is uh, systemic and endemic to uh, the people. It's a part of American life. So of course it's gonna find its way into the wellness industry. And when we're talking about what people are doing and who is the face of the wellness industry, we can see right off the bat that racism is is like visible. Um, I know that in my experience, I I didn't see an entry point into the wellness industry as far as becoming a yoga instructor because I didn't see anybody in the wellness industry that looked like me. So most of the the images that the industry sort of promoted and perpetuated towards the outer public was that of the tall, very thin white woman. And she was the face of the industry for, you know, for forever. You know, I I know that there are people out there who are just now, um, figuring out how to um are they're promoting the idea of more bodies within the industry like different bodies not just the skinny tall white woman but actually like women of all body sizes and types um so i think that there's just a there's a lot to to unpack and to to get started with but uh yeah it's yeah, it's you know, it's crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go pretty surface level here because yeah, we can get really deep into it. There's a few examples that we're we're gonna kind of dive a little bit deeper into, so we'll spend a little more time on that. Um, but ultimately, you know, the wellness space or the wellness industry. This is a this is a specifically an area where the people that are coming into these spaces are looking for a safe space are looking for healing Mm -hmm. are looking to get out of or learn how to get out of certain situations that they're in so being that the wellness industry really values itself as a safe space for people to heal um how really taking up you know, taking a look at what that looks like and how we're doing it and where we're failing at that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to add anything to that? No, I mean, I just, you know, it's... So there's a there was a few articles that I pulled. I think one of the ones that is sort of... That kind of gets to the beginnings of... Or just to bring it to something that's contemporary that's happening right now. Because I don't know if people are familiar with the... Um, uh, her name was N- Nicole. Should we break down social bypassing first, or? I mean, we. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do that? Let's break down. So, so, spiritual bypassing. What that means is using your spiritual, the spiritual 
you know, area, the, the, the physical spaces, but also using the language to dismiss others and their experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so an example of that, a huge example, I think the biggest one that we all see is love and light. Mm-hmm. So sending love and light to somebody. Now, again, these phrases in themselves are not bad. They're not incorrect. You know, we're, we're not saying that at all. It's the way that you use them. So using them, weaponizing these phrases, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so if someone's coming to you with, with their experience and the only thing that you're saying to them, if, and you're kind of like gaslighting them, you're kind of just brushing them off and, and just saying, oh, I'm just going gonna, gonna to send you love and light. It's like, although that's great and wonderful that you're trying to, you know, I know the intention might be like, oh, I'm sending you love. Um, mm-hmm. It's also saying in, in, a, in, a, in a one way or another, it's saying, you know, it's almost like this, it's, again, it's just dismissing the person's experience. You're not even really listening to acknowledge or understand them. You're just automatically like that auto message that goes out in your emails to everybody. It's that automatic response of, oh, love and light, because it sounds really wonderful. It sounds really positive, but I'm not acknowledging your experience. I'm not trying to understand your experience. I'm not... Um, trying to show you compassion in any way it's just it's like okay f off now i'm done with you we're good love and light have a good day but isn't it isn't it a form of because it kind of implicates you when you can't sit and hold space for people to tell you what their experience are if you want to you know love and light or good vibes only this situation then it's almost as if like there's been something there's something that's going on inside or something's going on for you that doesn't allow you to sit in the muck of it to acknowledge the experience to see if we dive deeper absolutely to see the experience of the other person so you say oh i i don't know that looks foreign to me this experience that you're going through of being somebody saying something uh, offensive or sexist or racist or somebody doing something offensive or sexist or racist or homophobic or or anti-black to you or around you or that vibe that is is as a black person or as a you know as a woman you feel these things when somebody says something sexist to you you're like that was sexist and then you try to tell somebody about it and they're like oh i don't know how to process it because i've never said in this I've never sat in the muck. I've never actually confronted these ideas myself. So I'm just going to blurt out these phrases that I learned and at you Mm -hmm. and attempt to get you to go away because you're saying something that I don't even have a, an understanding or familiarity with at all. And I think that when you, and then this goes off of where you were talking about being a healer, if you're going to be a healer, then you kind of have to, Call it's not yourself even about into like completely spaces. knowing. Um, it's not even about completely knowing or completely understanding someone else's, you know, experience. Like I don't need to know everything about your experience to be able to hold space for you, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's like you said, exactly. That's where what is the definition of a healer? What does that look? What does it mean to be a healer? If you're not able to hold space for someone, and you're going to only consistently to be dismissive with your love and light with your good vibes only with let's all stay positive are you why and how are you considering yourself a healer and that's not to put anybody down or or it's not to say that like you and I are above anybody else or Mm -hmm. anything like that These, these are questions that you and I have also discussed Um, not only gone over through ourselves but discussed with each other like Mm -hmm. in ourselves what makes what makes me Megan a healer what makes you Wilson a healer what um, like are we fitting in that or where are we failing so this is something that every healer should look at look at so when you have your students that come to you um, you know I'm talking a little more specifically to like yoga because that's our experience but Mm -hmm. even like 
someone who's your massage therapist, someone who does Reiki, someone who reads your cards, like any spiritual advisor. Hair. Any anybody. I mean, it could be somebody that does your hair. Absolutely. So, like, if if some if I'm doing your hair and you're you want to tell me about that time when you were at work and that the white supervisor in the other department said something oh said something very insensitive and racist to you and i have no idea what it is you're talking about because i don't read the books i don't do the work i don't do the research i don't i keep this sort of way of thinking about life away from me so i'm sitting there doing your hair and you want to tell me about your life well, that's not in the wellness space but that's well, not in the wellness get, space we'll but what i'm there, saying is it's like but we're getting back to having these conversations and like doing the work and actually like being a person who's going to be aware it, it could go to so many different things but i'm just saying like yeah if you're t- if 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 i'm teaching you a yoga class and then afterwards you want to come and have a conversation with me about something that's happening in your life and i have no reference or experience to it because i've you know cut my life into this section where i don't have to see or understand or even hear about the experiences of other people i'm not going to have anything to say to you i'm not going to even be able to hold space for you because i don't even know what that looks like so what i'm saying is is that like no matter what it is you're doing in your life just understand that you know that the wellness space is just a microcosm of the rest of the world and how people are treating each other and relating to each other within the wellness spaces those people are coming from the world right. into this space and so having this dedication or this commitment so to speak to anti-racism work to unlearning and relearning to holding space and doing the research and doing the work means that no matter what industry you decide to step into you're going to have the tools to be able to hold space for people and allow them to be able to share their experiences with you in a meaningful way and and know what it actually what it is that you don't like i said you don't have to be steeped in it but you do have to have some sort of baseline understanding about what it means to actually hold space for people and what it means to support people if you're gonna if you're gonna be a healer or if you're just gonna be a friend Right. You know. But we're talking about. Well, we're talking about. We're talking about the wellness space. But it does does extend outside of that because you're right. People that are even like you don't have to be in the wellness industry. Someone who's a hairdresser is just as much of a healer um, otherwise. So how it's again looking at that. But specific to the wellness space, you know, those phrases a lot of the times. And Wilson touched on this um, in what he was just saying is a lot of those phrases stem from you not doing the shadow work. Mm-hmm. So you have not been able to sit with those emotions or you have not held space for yourself enough to be able to hold space for others, but yet you're calling yourself a healer. You're working with others to facilitate their healing, but you haven't done the work to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so that goes back to, you know, what is it to be a healer and how, like, are you spiritually by- bypassing? Are you... Are you using these phrases as weapons? Because the, mm. the, the love and light, like I can say that to Wilson and it, it doesn't have to be used as a weapon. But if I'm saying it to him and because he came to me and was explaining a situation that he was in or experience that he had. And instead of holding space, I'm truly just being dismissive and saying, oh, well, love and light. Let's just stay positive. Let's move on. Like, that's absolutely dismissive. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely spiritual bypassing. That's not taking the step into the shadow and saying, okay, let's take a look at this experience. What's going on? How are you feeling um, during? How are you feeling after? How can we move forward? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and it's not always that every, like, as a yoga instructor, as a healer in general, we can't help everyone. However, and it's not our job to necessarily help everyone, but it is our job to, to help facilitate the healing within others. So we're not telling them about their experiences, but we are holding space for their experiences. We're holding space for them to not feel dismissed. And if you're dismissing people by using that language, what is, what's my favorite one? 
Oh, meet me in the vibration. Meet me in the vibration, y'all. Let's just meet <laughs> me in the vibration. You know, it's like, what do these phrases actually mean? That's mm-hmm. what I. That's what I constantly come back to. So, you're. You know, we we were talking about an instructor that recently. Um, you know, one of one of our friends went to a class, and the instructor. What What did he say? He. Uh, <clears throat> so, they were having the class, and the instructor told told the class or told her. And not in, I'm not paraphrasing here, but not in so many words that, you know, everything you need is inside of you. So everything you need to, in order to make your life better <clears throat> is inside of you. So right. her and I had the conversation after she told me this and how uncomfortable it made her feel that, that when you're saying you're struggling for the the liberation of all peoples all over the world and you're saying that you're believing in phrases like black lives matter and things like that and you're fighting for these causes when you find someone who says that well uh, well everything you need is already inside of you so there's no reason to do anything other than just go internal then what you're saying is is that well why vote why participate in politics? You're dismissing so much outside Why of that. do and, and, and like you said earlier, the phrase everything you need inside of you inherently is a very positive phrase. Well, it's not even about being positive. It's it not that very, it's incorrect. It's not it's a, incorrect, yeah, but it's, not it's incorrect. about how, like, what, what does that mean to you? What do you mean everything you need is inside of you? Break it down. Yeah. Everything we need is inside of us because why? Because we get to choose how we react to to what is happening in the mm-hmm. world, right? Mm-hmm. So we do get, you know, yeah, everything is inside of us in that sense, in that we get to make our own decisions. We create um, we create a lot of our realities by the way that we react towards certain things. But in regards to certain situations or experiences, that's not the answer. And again, it's, a, it's using it as a weapon to dismiss the experience of experiences of someone so yes everything we need is is in with is within us but when you have someone who's being racist towards someone right like if i were to come over and say some racist stuff to wilson Mm -hmm. everything that wilson needs is not inside of him like i'm the one that's being racist towards wilson so wilson can't control what i'm doing he can only control his actions absolutely but it's also by saying that you're dismissing that that Wilson is even experiencing that. It's almost that. like a left-wing version of saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. It You're dismissing is, the root cause. Exactly. Completely. So when someone is saying, hey, you know, I can't find a job, or hey, I, I go to try to get a home loan and I get denied or I get predatory lending uh, uh, rates, <laughs> you know, everything I need is absolutely actually not inside me at that point because someone right. else has made a decision that I can't live in a nice neighborhood. I have to live in a, a poor, crappy ghetto neighborhood. I can't, I can't have a nice job. I can't get this loan. Right. This company won't hire. This company hires 2% black people. So and they already got their I, 2%. And they already have their 2%. So right. if I had everything I needed inside of me, I can't still go over here and get this job. So it's like when you say these phrases and it's and it is internal, it's internal work to make sure that when you say these phrases that there is a recognition that the phrases aren't inherently bad or aren't inherently problematic. But like Megan said, when you use them as weapons to shut down to dismiss. dismiss to push away to get rid of the experiences and and it's very easy to see mm-hmm. that's the reason why people have problems it's this is not subtle people can say well man that didn't that conversation didn't go right because i was really trying to open up to this person and they good vibes only me that didn't help me at all. So it, it, it's not subtle. It actually is like a sword. It's like a weapon. When, when, you, when you say, I need to get through something, I need to work myself through something, and somebody love and lights all over you, that doesn't help solve your problem. Right. And it doesn't give you action steps or ways of thinking that can help you in that problem. Mm-hmm. 
it actually just kind of stunts it and blunts it. And you go, you go away from the situation and your brain starts working. You go something about that class that I just don't like. And you don't know it. Something about that wellness practitioner that I just don't like. Something about this environment or group of people that I just don't like. And you can't pull it out just yet. But you know there's just something about them that's off. It's not authentic. Their vibe isn't authentic. They're loving and lighting all over each other as a big, huge group of people. And everyone's in pain. And nobody's healing. And nobody's facing anything in their life. Nobody's facing any issues. Nobody even understands what racism and white supremacy is. Nobody sees how, even in their small little groups of, of, of these people, how the lighter-skinned, whiter ones seem to get all of the big goodies of being in the group. They seem to be the ones that everyone just inherently trusts. And the people who are darker-skinned seem to be the ones that are always the ones that nobody seems to trust. They don't even see the colorism and racism within their own bifurcated, small, sectioned-off communities because they spend all their time loving and lighting all over each other instead of dealing with the inherent issues within their particular community. So what I'm saying, I'm saying all that to say that these phrases and this kind of mindset and ideology, which is very prevalent within the wellness industry, is is like like Megan said, it's used as a weapon and it's and it's also used as a blanket Absolutely. to cover and to shield you from dealing with these issues. From actually doing the shadow work. Actually doing the shadow work. Which that's literally our whole job as healers is to facilitate and to help guide others through their shadow work into healing. So again, if we're not doing the shadow work or we don't even know how to step into the shadow work, how are we able to then facilitate others into doing the same thing? I, so that's something as healers, if you consider yourself a healer, it's something that I would definitely suggest um, taking some time to sit down and reflect upon. Like how, how, am, I, how am I contributing to this? Where am I failing in that, you mm -hmm. know? Because, yeah, I mean, language is huge. Language is huge. Language I mean, is, we're not going to get yeah, into this and we're not going to break this down, but it's just like the all lives matter, the whole mm -hmm. all lives matter thing. Your intentions might be one thing, but what you're doing is a whole nother thing. So same thing with here. All these things are great. If I actually held space for, for, for Wilson when he came to me with an experience, we sat down, he talked to me about it, I showed compassion, I, I sat down showed that I understood, like, talked to him about, like, maybe action steps that whether it was something I could do or something just he could do. Maybe it has nothing to do with me. Um, and then at the end of that, I said, all right, you know, I'm sending you love and light throughout this process, blah, 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 blah. That would not be spiritual bypassing. We sat down. I held space. I acknowledged his experience. I, um, I held space for him to talk. I possibly shared my experiences or my opinion um if it was warranted yeah, it, yeah if it was sometimes warranted. it just requires sometimes you to it's listen not. Yeah. yeah so all of that again it's how are you using it are you using it as a weapon to dismiss somebody or are you actually holding space for others moving through the shadow work and actually using that as love so i right? i went through a, a situation like this where, you know, when you first get into the wellness industry, I kind of just jumped in the deep end and I would, you know, follow certain people on social media sites or have friends that I would meet at certain certain spaces. And, um, and you know, I went into this space and um, I remember being around these people and I don't want to, I don't want to call the group excuse me, I don't want to call the group out because I'm pretty sure they're still out there and they're doing their thing, but it was a group of people and it must have been 40 or 50 people strong. And I'll tell you who, what the name of the group is offline because I, I just don't want a, any pushback or anything. But um, they gather, they have these huge gatherings, maybe in parks or at, or at the, the beach when we weren't in a time of COVID. And... Um, it would just be a group of people that were all happy all the time. 
And it was just like, there was something about it. And at the time, I didn't have the language for it. I didn't have the words for it. I didn't have the concepts or ideas down. But there was something about it. I could sense the inauthenticity. I could sense the inauthenticity. There was something not authentic about, something not real about this group of people. And it was, like I said, it was like 40 or 50 of them. So it was a lot of, you know, a big group yeah, of people. And I could just tell that, like, no one is having an actual real conversation where things are sort of this way, then that way, up and down, in and out. Everyone is like, oh, that's so nice. Oh, my God, that's so good. And when you do that, it's so, I really enjoy. And it's just like, you don't really enjoy anything about anybody. (laughs) All things about anybody. Right. Like, You've ever been in a relationship? You don't like every single thing about your partner. Mm. So you for damn sure don't like every single thing about a friend. This 50-person group. This 50-person group. And so I was just like... And at the time, I didn't have the words for what this was called. But this was clearly bypassing. This was clearly love and light in the place of real, genuine human stable emotion it was like this heightened sense of happiness that i just knew in my core there's something wrong with this and so i only went to maybe like one or two of their events and then i just didn't go back because it was just something about it that was inauthentic to me something that i knew i wasn't and i used to look down on i used to think i wasn't able to reach their vibe i did i wasn't able to meet them in their vibe in their vibration so I was like, well, since I'm not able to meet them there, <laughs> then I'm just going to stop going. But now that I look back on it, I'm thinking this was not a good this was not a good thing. And these were people who were in the wellness space doing the Reiki and the yoga and the this right. and the that and the meditation and stuff. Well, there's like that, yeah. it's so I mean, we can get into so many different things, but I don't want to make this too, too broad. But basically, um, you know, there's such this stereotype out there that like being positive is the only way and it's like you can be positive and be sad you can be positive and be angry like these emotions in our society are looked down upon sadness anger and looked at as negative Mm -hmm. but like that's just not the truth that's Mm -hmm. not the case at all and in doing that it creates this weird fake system like you said where everyone's just being positive but it's not real yeah (laughs) and so again that goes back to like not being able to face the reality or not being able to face truth not being able to face others experiences it's like we're living in this fake little world of this fake little bubble of positivity but what is positivity in this bubble they don't even they don't even know you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's just like oh well let's be positive what does that mean Mm -hmm. just be positive okay but break it down we're being positive like what are you talking about you know like it just is crazy so i mean an example of that is um you know this is very specific to yoga but one of the branches of yoga is ahimsa and it's non-violence it's a very it's a strong core of what yoga is so what does non-violence look like so a lot of people will use that as well i don't i'm not going to be violent i'm not going to get into it you know the whole like i'm not going to mm. get in well first of all when people say i'm not going to get into politics this isn't politics y'all this is human rights but whatever um that's a whole nother topic we'll we'll discuss but when they say like Oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Let me break down the word ahimsa. Oh yeah. Quick. In the Hindu, Buddhist, and uh, Jainist, Jainist tradition, respect for all living things. This is ahimsa. Respect for all living things and avoidance of violence towards others. Yeah, avoidance of violence towards others. So people assume that it means like actual physical violence, but violence towards others is any harm done towards others. It's so violence. is... So ahimsa, nonviolence can look like standing up to justice for others, justice for all. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not doing that, then we are being harmful. We are being violent towards others if we're not standing up. Silence is if violence. Silence is violence. 
Absolutely. It's a phrase that people are holding up right now saying white silence is violence. Yeah. So some people will think ahimsa means inaction right. or inactivity. Right. When actually inaction and inactivity is actually is actually the implicit uh, uh, okaying of violence towards others. Or so if you see harm happening to, towards other, whether it be in housing policy or racist policy or police or work discrimination or right. LGBTQ discrimination or trans discrimination or immigrant or, or Latino discrimination and you are inactive and indifferent, you might as well be. It's not might as well. That's violence. That's the That's violence harm towards, towards Yes. So, so you are not practicing ahimsa. Right. Just because you are not doing anything. And that's an, that's an argument that I've seen, um, we've seen kind of roaming around the wellness space is the idea of ahimsa. And so, you know, that's that's a huge pillar for, for yoga. So it's something to, to be discussed and looked at. Like, what is violence? What is harming others? What does that look like? It does not always mean physical. Most of the times it's not. No, right? most of the times it's most not. Most of the times it's not. It's because the physicality of it is only 15, 10, 15% of the, of the, is, is actually the physical. The rest of it as the, is the adherence to a system, the acquiescence to the system being harmful towards others, the indifference, the apathy, the, it's not me. It's not, I don't, it's not my problem. I don't have it anything to do with it. It doesn't directly affect me, so therefore I'm not going to engage. And those are actually, that's actually 85% of what allows the 10 or 15% of violence to occur. Or the actions of harm, you know, when you set up a system that is harming people in the ways in which they receive medical care, the ways in which they receive education and housing, when you are not doing anything to make those systems equal or not fighting for justice for people, then the 15% is putting the kids in cages. That's the actual part that everybody gets upset by. But what about the system that allowed those people to be in the situation where they were desperate enough to then have a government that reacted to them in a way that ended up putting them in cages? Yeah. That's the other 85% of the work that you should have been or we should be doing so in the future don't think that inaction and and non um engagement is the same as staying out of it because you're not staying out of it by 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 practicing inaction or indifference or apathy you're you're on the side of the oppressor martin luther king has a quote that says that you know those that are indifferent to oppression are, are, you know, I'm paraphrasing, are on the side of the oppressor. So just know that, that there is no, there's no out. There's no out and there's no, I'm not going to deal with that. You're, you're on one side or the other. <laughs> you really are when it comes to systems that harm people. Either you're, if you're indifferent to it, you're causing the harm or you're on the side of the people that are fighting uh, to harm reduce or to stop the harm altogether. Exactly. So, and you know yeah. the like Wilson said. I mean, he brought this up earlier. The reason why we we there's a few reasons why we felt to bring this up. One, because we're in the wellness space, but also a huge portion of it is, or a huge reason is, this is a space where people turn to so that they are not harmed, mm. where they turn to 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 heal through trauma, through to heal through harm, and yet they don't realize that in even the my the most you know like minute ways they're actually being harmed even further Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not so these are just great ways to like take a look at if you are a healer take a look within yourself reflect within yourself and see how your teachings how you market how you you know the students that you work with like how are you doing within this space? Mm-hmm. How are you failing within your space? If you're someone, if you're not a healer, you're just a student, um, 
take a look at the studios that you're going to, the owners, how they treat the instructors and employees, um, the, the instructors themselves, the employees themselves. Is it all just a bunch of pretty white girls? You know, mm. like, what, what does that look like? Um, the language that they use within their studio. And then when you break it down to like specific instructors, same thing. Hold your instructors and your healers accountable. Like take note of the language that they use. Take a look at the students that they, you know, that flock to them and see like, is there a pattern here? Um, and really holding them accountable because your healers should definitely be held accountable just as much as Starbucks should mm -hmm. and all the big name companies out there. It's like even these small businesses, even your as small as like your individual healers and, and spiritual, you know, guides, they need to be held accountable as well. Mm -hmm. Are they using this language that's dismissive or are they actually holding space to help you facilitate your healing and your growth, right? So um we yeah, just something to reflect that. upon we yeah. do have a few examples we wanted to show you guys in regards to um yoga journal so yoga journal is a huge 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 um company within the yoga space specifically um they have an online like whole online situation what like a bunch of articles um resources like classes, all of that, and they also have uh, magazines, like a, a monthly magazine. I think it's monthly, monthly mm -hmm. magazine that they they, they put out. Um, and oftentimes, when they do that, they'll have like a few different covers. But typically, it'll be the same person, but a different uh, a different look, right? Mm -hmm. Now, recently, there was an instructor that was that was chosen. But instead of her having two different looks for people to choose from, they put her up against a famous, um, in the wellness space, white woman and her cover. So there's a lot of, that was brought up in regards to that, of why they did that, what that looks like. Um, and, then it, and then it just got broke down even more and a lot more, more women came out about how they were treated by Yoga Journal, um, how they were compensated, mm -hmm. um, and even more came out about how they had been trying to work with Yoga Journal for quite a while and were basically just dismissed the whole time until, you know, all of a sudden we want a diverse group of people on mm -hmm. our magazines, uh, on, the, on the cover. So I'm going to pass it over to Wilson and he'll kind of break it down a little bit more. So this, this story is, this story is very, very triggering for me, like to be honest with you, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get to it so much faster because, because um, it's just, it, it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense why they would have done this. I mean, I, if you go into this story that Nicole, her name is Nicole Cardoza. So Nicole A. Cardoza on, on Instagram, you can find her Instagram where she talks about, because she was the, the uh, mixed race uh, model, uh, uh, black BIPOC model, that um, they put her pose up against a, you know, basically a white, a blonde white woman's pose and asked their, it was either an internal or it was something that they posted. Uh, and they asked their community to choose. And it, it's just interesting that a, that a company that would do, first off, that they would do something like this. And second off, that they wouldn't inform either one of them that they were doing something like this. And then they, their excuse for it was, is that, well, we feel like that white, white women on the cover of our magazine sells more than black women on the cover of our magazine. So we had to do this competition thing to make sure. And it just, it was just not right. It was just, just not fair that what they did. 
Um, she says, the first thing I did was shame myself that if my skin was whiter, what if my hair wasn't natural? Am I sitting too casually? When will my body be acceptable enough to sell my story? Yoga Journal published this survey because the data is predictive of newsstand sales. And I think that means they don't think that my picture would have sold. And sometime between shooting and sending it to the printer, there was a worry that I wasn't good enough physically to represent my story that lies inside. Pretty sure that came out on Juneteenth. Yes, which is even more of sort of like a little dig of offensiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's dis- so she goes on to say it's disheartening, disappointing, and it's nothing new. It's the cost of doing business. And she talks about the venture that she's funded. Um, and again, every other just, time, it's always a copy of you and you, just different photos. Yeah, so please fill us in on how this, because I'm, I'm kind of new to this particular part of the controversy. So they will put two photos. So sometimes, Yeah, they'll send out a survey um, with, like, which photo you would prefer or, like, what... But it's of the same person. But typically what they've done in the past, it's it's of the same person. So it's not one person against the other. It's the same person, but different styles. So it might be them in different outfits. It might be them like one up close up, one one further away. Um, But this specific one is two different people. They are sitting similarly. But one, like he said, is of... um, I'm like really drawing a blank on on the white woman's name. Oh, it's uh, okay. S- Don't something Budig. Um, but she's yeah, a white blonde-haired woman up against a black woman. A black woman and her and her um and her beautiful what am I hair. To say? front cover. Mm-hmm. And so it's like why is it in the past that everyone else is just them against themselves? But now this one, it's me against someone else. But not only that, it's me against a white woman. And a famous. And a famous white woman. White woman instructor. Somebody who had more likes and followers and influence than Correct. she had. So it wasn't even like they even kept it fair on or kept it even just in sort of like, like maybe it was level. a white woman and they both had the same number of Instagram and Twitter followers. They right. both had the same number of engagement. They picked a white woman who was much more of an influence, mm-hmm. much more followers, much more reach, mm-hmm. would probably get much more buys of the magazine or well, reads of the magazine. It's like Nicole is, you know, I think they came out with an article just last year, Yoga Journal did, of her as like this, she's like making, hold on, let me look up what the article it said, Nicole Cardoza is changing the face of wellness. This was last August of 2019. So, you know, she's like just now coming into it as far as like being seen of like the yogis and yoga and wellness gotta, like world in that right area. Changing the face of wellness? I mean, I, we're not going to get into this article. <laughs> I don't care about it. But my point is like. She's just now being seen in this like famous space, uh-huh. whereas um, oh my god, I can't remember. Her Don't name. worry about her name. She has been uh, has already been making a pa- an impact, and people her name is more well known. Okay. So if I were to receive an email where I know this person, I follow this person, I know all about them, and then I see this other cover where I don't know anything about them, like who are you gonna choose? And then also it poses the fact of what everything was that's going on. Mm-hmm. You're really going to have a white woman. You're going to be like, oh, well, we have this girl who's up and coming. But because we're not sure if it's going to sell, let me just throw this white woman on there. Who's much more established and is probably going to have right. more of a reach and probably win just based off the two factors of her being white, blonde right. and being a large influencer. Right. So it was almost as if they sandbagged her. Right. They sandbagged Nicole to sort of say, oh, well, we wanted to put you on the cover, but mm-hmm. this other... We're, we're diverse. We're, we're going to have Nicole 
come and be on this cover. We're gonna like set up this whole photo shoot, but mm. in reality, we're gonna be marketing it for somebody totally, totally different. But this is just for us to show face, to make it seem like we're diverse now, y'all. We're, we're doing, we're doing a good job. We're in it. We're with y'all. Performative. But in reality, they had, they probably had no real intentions of using her cover. So, oh, Jesus. yeah, like Wilson said, just because we're in the wellness space doesn't mean, you know, we're still part of society. We're all still- of these things, the sexism, the racism, all of that's going to show up in the wellness space as well. So it's that's why it's so important to, so to really crazy. take a look and know what your studio is doing. Know how your studio t- treats your treats the instructors. Know where your instructor stands mm-hmm. on certain issues that are important to you. Because they might be coming into the classroom, teaching the class, talking about love and light, and then afterwards just have the complete and total opposite views of you and, and be you know, fighting for something that you're completely not for. I just want to give Nicole Cardoza a little bit more credit. Please go follow her on Instagram, Nicole A. Cardoza. Nicole Cardoza also, I believe, on Twitter. But she puts this thing, um, and I know this is not our topic, but this is what she's been talking about as far as the wellness. She says, cancel culture has been the default response against black people in communities of colors and forced through discriminatory practice in nearly every and nearly every aspect of society. And then her tweet says, the same people mad about cancel culture have been canceling black people while stealing their culture for generations. So it's interesting that she in a way stood in in this very really messed up way for a lot of the experiences that a lot of people of color have been feeling. And hers was just public. Her, her experience was just very, very public in, in that um, what she was going through. It's just a very public way of, of being seen and being kind of exposed and having the racism happened to her in this in this very public way so it's just interesting it's interesting how how she had to go through this but i think it was necessary that she went through this right because uh it, it, it's necessary it we we needed it to uh we needed it to be seen um the best she says also the best time to change it was yesterday the second best time to change is now interview with i am well and good on the growth of anti-racism daily the particular insidious nature of racism and the wellness and where we grow in um oh man this is a comment i want to read this i remember taking my first yoga teacher's training and just feeling so unwelcomed in the space of this all-white energy and just did not feel at all aligned to the meaning or the purpose of yoga. It was as if the core tenet of the practice had been completely loaded on my fellow classmates who literally were competing with each other on one, how many years they had practiced, two, how many complex moves they could do, three, how much could how much they could overextend a pose pure foolishness so we went through teachers training together Mm -hmm. and let me tell you part of what this with this comment comment person this person in the comment section said i experienced in teachers training I did experience like feeling unwelcomed and feeling like this was all about how how much you could do a handstand and how strong you were as far as being able to 
get into certain poses, but not about how much you were practicing the tenets of the actual limbs of yoga, not how much you were practicing how to hold space and be open as a teacher. I really honestly think that that should be what we focus on in these training sessions is how are you going to be the teacher that facilitates, like you said earlier, that facilitates healing in your students, that facilitates an open, a truly open and, and in welcoming and inviting uh, uh, atmosphere and environment and not just I'm going to show you how to be able to put your body in a certain way to be able to strike this pose or to be able to get into this pose or, <clears throat> you know, but those poses are, are necessary, obviously. But if once the class is over, I can't, I can't come to you for anything and I can't, I have no personal relationship with you as the supposed guide, then what are we doing here? Is this just a workout? Is this just a workout? I know you've told me before that you see these spaces as places that people come to heal. And like, I agree with you that they are, but how are we facil facilitating that healing? How are studios and man studio managers and studio owners prepping and training their teachers to facilitate this healing? Right. Is it just a place for you to come and stretch for an hour or is there something else there? And if there is, how are you contributing to it in, in the ways in which you teach and hold space and, and show up and be in there, there for your students? I think that that's very important. It's vitally important. We need to really dig deep. People need to think about that, not only if you're a, a, a teacher, but also if you're a student. Like... Megan said, make sure that you're interrogating your, your teachers, your instructors, your owners. I wouldn't use interrogating. What's up? I said I wouldn't use the word interrogate, but yeah. <laughs> well, I I'm mean, not saying it's, interrogating it's really, really in a way of like sitting them down, reflecting. Reflecting on and really looking asking at Asking those like, questions. Why are you going into these spaces and are these spaces actually providing you with what, ex what it is that you need? Because mm -hmm. that's, uh, I mean, Wilson's right. It's like we look at, if you're looking at a space to be a healing space for you and you're going there and you're not really getting that healing, then why are you going there, right? Or like, mm -hmm. what is it that that space, where are they failing? How is it that they're not helping you? Um, another person to follow um, is Davida Turner. Um, Davida.Turner on Instagram she was she completely and i think she deleted some of the some of the posts on her actual page but she called out the the studio that she worked for as well as after she did a few other instructors um, non-white instructors called out the the studio that they worked for because of the way that they were being treated because of the way that the owner was not only treating them but treated um, students, um, the way that they, that the owner spoke outside of the studio and the way that the things that the, the owner supported outside of the studio and how it conflicted with, um, it conflicted with, uh, you know, what they were claiming to be or the values that that studio claimed to have, um, and so something, something when we were talking about that cancellation, uh, that cancellation, Davida, D-A-V-I-D-I-A mm -hmm. dot Turner. Um, she, in one of her posts says, a call out is not the same as cancellation, mm. right? Asking for accountability from a system or a person who has harmed you is right, is a right. Just because mm -hmm. you didn't personally witness or experience harm within the system, doesn't make the experiences of those who did any less true or legitimate. Mm -hmm. Publicly calling out a business that repeatedly tokenized black and brown folks among other performative activism tactics, tactics is justified, right? Mm -hmm. and, she, and she talks lots more about it, but um, that's basically what we're getting at here. It's like, not only 
making ourselves accountable for our actions, the things that we say, but holding accountable everybody around us, everything that we're doing, everything that we're involved in. So that includes the places that you shop from. That includes your healers. That includes the the gyms, the studios. That includes all of these things. Mm-hmm. Holding them all accountable. Let's talk about that. And as we, you know, go get towards the end, um, let's so talk about account- the wellness space. Let's talk about accountability. Within the wellness yeah, space. Yeah, because we've been talking about what it looks like and, and experiences from people. But let's talk about accountability. Let's talk about what accountability looks like from like a personal level. So there's an accountability level that a person must have with themselves, themselves, right? Then there's accountability that you have with the particular space that you are going to spend your time at. Because this is, this is important. Because these are the places that you're going to go spend your time with. Whether you're going there in person or whether you're doing it in the time of COVID on the internet you're still going to be interacting with these spaces and still interacting with the teachers of these spaces. And I, I mean, I know that there's this one, um, there's just, and, I, and I've had uh, uh, conversations with the owner of the studio that I work at about this accountability factor. Um, but there was this one teacher that I took classes from and she's a very beautiful girl and I love her practice and she's very, she's very good. At, she's very stretchy and bendy and all of those do cool things and she's a good teacher there's just something about her vibe that I just didn't flow with and so I had to kind of figure it out for myself and I was like I'm gonna not take her classes anymore nothing personal but that's just not the vibe that she was on was just not where I was at and so I feel like when you are having these conversations with yourself and you're talking you're thinking about these the spaces and where you're going for support whether it is a yoga studio, whether it is a meditation place, or whether it's something else, you know, making sure that you're first, first of all, you're holding yourself accountable for why it is you're going and what it is, what is it that you're looking for in these spaces? And then when you get clear about that, if, if any, even if, even if it means you have to pull out a sheet of paper and write the answers down, why am I going to the studio? What am I looking for? How is it serving me? Then you'll have a baseline for, is this person or is this studio helping this goal that I've set for myself? Right. So then you know the questions to ask. You know the things to look out for. You know the targeted specific questions to ask. It's not like, it's not just going into a studio and saying, well, you guys don't have any black people hired here. It is that, but it's not only that. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to be like, okay, what are, what are the ways in which you guys are promoting diversity? in your teaching because you can have a studio in my humble opinion you can have a studio of all white people if they're promoting diversity if they're highlighting and extend extension and and opening up for voices if they're promoting if they're donating if they're you know if they're doing these things that are creating a space where where others feel where others feel welcome safe and they can be all white people right but if they have been doing the anti-racism work, if the studio is, an, is a studio that is undergirded by the work, meaning that you can't get a teacher's training certificate here, if you don't understand that you have to be able to hold space for all people, not just the ones who look like they would be good at this. And if an and all white people studio can accomplish this mission, does not have to just be a studio that has people of color working there, although, that is important, but I'm not going to say because there's some because studios are so bifurcated in their communities that sometimes that's just all the people that live around your studios, all white people. And studios are so small and they serve such small communities because there's so many of them now right. that, yes, you could have a studio in a particular part of town that there's just only white people who live in a two or three mile radius of that studio. That doesn't mean that you still can't have a studio that is committed to the to work. work. Yes, exactly. You know, Absolutely. so. Having so when you go in, you say, okay, how are they? How are they committed to? Maybe it is that you pull the the owner of the studio to the side and say, how are you guys committed to the work of not only diversity because that was twenty years ago. How are you committed to the work of anti racism? What are what are the policies that you guys? And if you're and if the owner of the studio is like gives you the wide eyed deer in the headlights look, 
then you know that this may not be a studio. They haven't even started to do that. They haven't even thought about it, let alone begun to implement it. It's not on their radar. But if they say, oh, yes, we have this, we do this, our teachers go through this, they go through this, they don't go through diversity training, they go through allyship training. We are now teaching our, our all our all white staff how to be, I'm just throwing this example out there not to say that you need to have a studio full of uh, people of color because this can be done in a studio that is just all white people because the work that needs to be done needs to be done by all of us, not just by black people and people of color. It needs to be done by everyone. And having these conversations and unlearning and relearning needs to be done by all of us. And so Absolutely. if they are promoting these ideas, if they understand and this, and this is just a simple question you can ask. You don't have to be public about it. You don't have to get, you know, you don't have to shame them on, on, on social media. You don't have to do it. You can just pull the owner or the manager mm-hmm. of the studio to the side and say, hey, how are you guys implementing anti-racism work, not only into your teaching, but into how you train your teachers? Absolutely. And And going back to DeVita, she didn't just decide one day that she was going to post about how crappy the studio was or the owners were. mm -hmm. She had multiple meetings set up with the owners and the other instructors where they tried to discuss with the owner policies and changes that they could make within the company and tried to express their experiences and how they felt and how they were treated and multiple times over and over they were dismissed so just like wilson say it's not about just being like okay well they suck and whatever no really really go to them and challenge them with love or from love and and ask you know like what policies have do you have what changes are you implementing in what ways are you making this a more welcoming community um you know just asking those questions are not if as long as you're not shaming them and putting them down Mm -hmm. it's you can absolutely ask those questions Those are great questions to ask not only the owners of the studios maybe even asking the instructors you know if you're closer with these instructors and you have no idea who the owner is Mm -hmm. ask them how how do you like working here at this studio what is your experience been you know like these are all totally valid questions so it's not about just going around and like shaming everybody that's not the goal um but sometimes you know you do have to call people out if they are not willing to be accountable or to make these necessary changes Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely coming coming at it from a place of love i always encourage yes always yes um but yeah all of this comes back to you know we kind of discussed about like what it means to be a healer so it's like as a healer what does that look like a healer is someone who's facilitating and and helping others through their healing and growing processes right but Mm -hmm. It's everybody. It's not just helping only white women through their healing and growing journey. (laughs) It's not helping, you know, it's not only helping women and not men. It's, you know, it's helping everyone Mm -hmm. through that. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to look at, reflect upon, whether you're a healer, whether you're someone that goes to your healers. So it's looking at your healers and holding them accountable. If you're a healer, holding yourself accountable, holding in many ways you can hold your students accountable you know it's all it's accountability all the way around but um because you say this a lot and you said this in prior prior shows and, and iterations of this um you say you know if you're if you're a healer and you say you know shining your light yes. and if you're not you know so basically say, say that say that phrase about shining your light if if you're a light worker if you're mm-hmm. a healer light worker and you're not using your light to shine on your shadow self or on those dark areas then why do you even have your light part of what being being a healer is is doing the shadow work being able guiding someone through or facilitating someone through their healing process is showing them is shining a light on those shadow areas so that they can do the work within those shadow areas we're as a healer not doing the work for someone we're shining a light on that 
on the darkness so that they can see their darkness, figure out how to move through their darkness to get to their own light, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're not, as healers, doing the work ourselves or not even understanding how to even start to do the work, then what are we doing with our light? Mm. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with our life? What are we doing with our life? What are we doing with that gift? What are we doing with our time? Right. You know? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I mean, we've covered a lot today, you know? And I think that in summary, as we come towards the, the end, let's just wrap it up. You know, we are, we are basically saying that I'm, you know, racism is, is, exists not only in our society, but it does exist in the wellness space. And like, it exists everywhere. And the work that we need to do as healers, as facilitators, as guides, is we have to do that internal work on ourselves first so that we can hold space for others to be able to do the work. On themselves. And not even first, but we have to get to a specific point to w- to where we can then help others. But then while helping others, we have to be continuously doing our own work. Mm-hmm. Our work doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> others' work doesn't stop either. All of us as humans need to be doing this work, right? But especially if you're someone who considers yourself a healer, like you should be at a point where you... this This is like... It sucks. It's great. It's wonderful. We're all about that vulnerability. We're sitting in it all damn day, right? Mm-hmm. That's like that's our normal. That's our normal thing, is um, is the work. And if it's not as a healer, then you're not. Maybe maybe you need to reconsider working with people until you get to that space where that is something that's more more normal. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you're not able to do the work, how are you f- helping others to do the work? Exactly. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Um, we have some amazing topics coming up next. Yeah. Please be on the lookout for our podcast, the Unlearn, Relearn with Wilson and Megan or with Megan and Wilson. We'll figure that part out in the title. Um, and definitely it, reach out. Feel free to reach out at any time with any topics, questions, any any you know statements any challenging statements towards us we are open to it all we want this to be an ongoing conversation ongoing topics um and we want you guys to be just as involved so thank you so much guys for for tuning in and for for participating yeah and we will see you guys on the next one please be sure to follow me on instagram wilson holtz w-i-l-s-o-n H-O-L-T-S, all one word. And then for Megan, it is... I'd Rather Yoga. I'd Rather Yoga, all one word on Instagram. Our email will be coming soon. So we'll have an email where you can send questions to. Um, And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you guys so much. Have a good day. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye, friends.